Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. I'm Tyler Small and this is Hacking Emotional Intelligence. Today we have a special treat. We have Samuel Norton with SlideTech joining us today. And Samuel has a degree from Brigham Young University, as do I. He also is in a really cool program at the University of Utah, David Eccles School of Business, and he's doing his Master's of Business Creation, Entrepreneurship, and Strategy. So super cool. He's had a really cool career in strategy and marketing and held some amazing positions at really awesome companies. Recently, he was at Pluralsight as the Senior Business Strategy Analyst in Customer Success, and now he is he is the co-founder of SlideTech. So we're going to be hearing from him today. Uh, I just wanted to give you a couple of uh, interesting fun facts about Samuel here. And one is that he used to go by Sam growing up. That is until he married a woman named Sam. So it was <laughs> Sam and Sam, right? Yeah, that's right. That's definitely exactly what happened. <laughs> and so he started going by Samuel. Second fun fact for you guys is that in high school, Samuel was, I guess he was Sam or Sammy at that point, was in a Super Bowl commercial. Google Chrome, right? Yeah, the Google Chrome Make It Happen commercial. You can still find me on YouTube on this tiny little pixel <laughs> that jumps up as the last shot is sunk at a basketball game. <laughs> you can kind of see me, my face and my little hat and stuff. So pretty fun. Well, very cool. Very cool. And Samuel and I met at a random networking event. Some guy on LinkedIn reached out to both of us and was like, hey, come to this networking event. It's going to be cool. And somehow Samuel and I both said yes. And we ended up in the same group. And it was awesome. So it, it really ended up being an awesome thing. I, I'm sure most people on LinkedIn, it's like half of your inbox is just, hello, insert name, try this. We're going to do this networking event or we're going to listen to my pitch or something like that. Yes. And this one actually like really worked. It was actually pretty cool. We met some cool people and we're lucky enough to find out that we had mutually aligned interests and wanted to make things better for L&D. <laughs> yeah. And I think in our group, the four guys that were in our group, we were like, I think someone mentioned like, oh, I, I feel bad because all the cool people ended up in our group and all the other groups couldn't possibly have lucked out. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just uh, had an extra screening or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was great. It was great. And so the title of today's episode is Data Assisted Emotional Intelligence. And so we're going we're gonna to have Samuel tell us some super cool things that slide tech is doing to help people get feedback both in real time and after the fact um, using his super awesome technology he actually wanted to show it to me and i was like oh yeah i've seen everything i didn't tell him this till now but at this, when he was like hey can i show you this i was like we had been in this group and it was this really awesome conversation and i wanted to help him but i was like oh yeah i've seen everything i've seen it all i've, I've done i've facilitated all kinds of virtual environments and this guy is not going to show me anything I don't already know. And then my mind was completely blown when he actually showed me what it does. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's amazing. You just kind of undersell and overdeliver, I guess. That's a, I didn't intentionally do that, but I'm glad that that was your experience. I'm telling you, you have license. I'm giving you permission, Samuel. 
to to sell this a little more you, you <laughs> I, I don't know if it was just my ego that got in the way of that or or you're underselling but i highly encourage you to talk about it for what it is it's a major it's a major evolution in facilitation technology especially in this like we find ourselves in a world where travel budgets have been just basically cut out and yeah. people are used to drive across town to an appointment and no longer so the yeah. virtual facilitation space is just this really critical area and I feel like a lot of the people listening to this will be interested in in knowing how they can improve their emotional intelligence using the platform that you provide. Yeah, it's such a good point. I, we really feel at SlideTech that the virtual thing is here to stay. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of convenience and cost advantages to you know having this virtual situation that mm-hmm. was thrust upon us. I don't think like nobody would have voluntarily run this experiment, but here we are. Um, and we really think that, that this is kind of here to stay. And as we speak, I'm in my basement, just kind of hanging out. And it, it can be a weird situation where like all of your interactions are now virtual and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I have the same level of interaction with people that I did before? Is that even possible? Is it possible for me to feel connected without just scrolling through endless social media pages and things like that. So we're really intent on making better connections in facilitation events, making better experiences in facilitation events, and then gathering all of that data that's happening in these events and sending it back to the presenter, back to the facilitator, back to the sponsoring organization so they can know what content really resonated and bringing that that data element to their facilitation and to their workshops and things like that. You'll never replace the human connection, but what you can do is augment that uh, human communication and human connection by being able to understand what actually matters to people. Being able to read what matters to somebody in a virtual call can be kind of tough, especially if you're talking to 20 plus people and half of them have their video off. Like, how do you know what actually resonates with somebody? Yes. Yes, it's a chronic problem. So as I was listening to you explain this again to me, I think originally after I saw this, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my goodness, you can actually have information about who's paying attention and who's not who has clicked away and is on some other tab or whatever, and is who's actually actively on that screen looking at the presentation and what they're doing, whether they're taking notes or whether they're whether they're doing screen captures and, and marking them up, just as somebody could in, in a book. All this happened digitally, but, but I thought, okay, that's super cool. And then I thought, oh, and for a sales presentation, like that's also cool because they have to know if people are on board with them through this process or not so that they can know like how to crank it up, like what that they know that there's probably objections that they need to resolve, like they need to get people's attention back in order to make the sale. So whatever the purpose is, I was thinking before the purpose of the presenter, but but when you talked about that human connection again, like that, I realized that there's actually a value here with connecting with humans, connecting humans together and giving them an experience where after their workday, they don't feel as equally detached from the human race as they did before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Our aim here is to 
improve and then measure the experience. And it's in that order. We want people to be able to interact. That's why you can, you know, upvote comments and save comments to your notes and do that kind of thing in the actual platforms because we want there to be this interactive element with each other too, not just with the presenter. Yeah, I was yeah. so impressed with that, the the threads, so that when somebody comments, like other people can, and usually in Zoom or whatever, you're on there and it's there's kind of one long feed and you can't really comment on someone else's comment, but I really like that feature. Yeah, thanks. I, we really like that too. The thing that, that is really valuable, I think, from an emotional intelligence perspective, you nailed it on the head with the sales example, right? So much of what sales is and what training is and what basic people interaction is knowing what to talk about with them. What are their triggers that are positive? What are their triggers that are negative? And if you stop and think that there's this saying, cada cabeza es un mundo, and that's something that means every head is a world. And it's something that we used to say all the time. And it's so true. It's, you know, every person brings their own context and something means certain things to one person that might mean something totally different. Yeah. I have this professor at the University of Utah who says, words don't convey meaning. You just speak words and then people listen from their context and you speak it from your context and hopefully there's some shared understanding, right? Yeah. So I think that knowing what to talk about, knowing where to press, Mm -hmm. knowing what to stay away from, those are critical things in terms of emotional intelligence. If I know that you love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'll talk to you about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. If I know that you don't like broccoli, like we're not gonna talk about how I love broccoli. So this is so cool. So I, I don't know if we've painted this picture well enough for our listeners, but if you can imagine when the facilitator goes through using slide tech, they can actually see who is paying attention and who is not. And, and then after the fact, they get this post-presentation analytics. And they can then see if you've got 12 or, or 20 slides in your presentation, you can then see how many people were actively engaged in each slide in different ways, slide by slide. So you can see if you're going to be giving this presentation more than once, it's even more valuable. You can go back and be like, okay, like I saw people work up and down through it. And I, I was trying to bring them in and stuff like that. But which slides were boring people or causing them to be disengaged and which slides were like super interesting to people. And you can see that output. It's so rich and granular. And that's the kind of feedback that we need in order to be, in order to boost our emotional intelligence, in order to really hack it. I think it's just a great shortcut, especially like you said, when we can't really see people, they're all somewhere else distributed, who knows where. And yeah. we, we really need to know who's with us and who's not and when exactly those transitions take place so that we can work on those specific parts of the presentation where people are in and out. Yeah, that's it, exactly right. And after a, a workshop ends, if you want to get feedback from your audience, you basically ask them right now. Yeah. You either send a survey out or you say, hey, like, I just want to follow up with you. What did you think of my training and they'll give you a good generalized overview typically but they're not going to say oh you really lost me at this point and i was really engaged at this point maybe sometimes that happens generally in my experience after you give a workshop they'll either say it was good i like this or right it was bad (laughs) and that's all you know 
I completely um, agree. It's super vague. And if you've ever researched self-report, like it's a horrific way to gather information, especially when you have something as dynamic as uh, a facilitated conversation with a group. Yeah, There's yeah, so many different point. points and it doesn't give you that much information. Great point. Facilitations like workshops are nuanced. So right? nuanced, yeah. And so being able to say it's on that, that follow-up, if you know what somebody's positive triggers are from the conversation, you can say something like, hey, thanks for coming to my presentation. Let's talk about X. And that they're interested in X. They had high attention. Yeah. They had high comprehension. They were asking questions about it. They were interacting with the content. That's something that matters to them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so let me ask you this, Samuel. Let's say I'm using slide tech and I noticed that one particular slide I, I, that I share, it's slide nine. For whatever reason, people just check out on slide nine. Normally yeah. I couldn't see that, but I've always known that slide nine was critically important to my audience. Like maybe it was boring for them or the way that I was presenting it wasn't amazing. But for whatever reason, like I know that it's important to either close the deal or to help them understand so they can accomplish the learning objective. But yeah. they don't know that, or maybe they do, but they're just not interested. What do I do on slide nine? How can I change that in the future if I'm giving this presentation a second, third, fourth time, etc.? Yeah, super awesome question. There are two ways that you can address it. The first is by moving that content to an earlier time. So mm. people have, this is a, a psychological phenomenon where it's called a wear and wear out curve. And basically what happens is it takes a couple of times for somebody to see something for it to, to register. It takes yeah. on average three times for something to wear in. Okay. And then it'll take three more times to wear out. So if you have a bit of content or you have something that's critically important and you want to tease that at the beginning and then tease it again a little bit later and then deliver that, that would be a really good way to do that. So the first way is moving that content around and using repetition to your advantage and teaching the same thing in a different way multiple times. That would be a good way to do that. The other thing that you can do and slide tech really helps with this is you can force an interaction point to bring them back. Oh, so interesting. This would be, yeah. One of the things you could do, for example, let's say everybody checks out on slide nine you say, okay, what can I do on slide nine that will basically force the, the audience to come back and be with me? One of the things you can do is add like a poll, for example. So, you get your slide tech results back. Slide nine is super, you know, super low engagement, and you recognize that that needs to be high engagement. That's a valuable concept on there. Why not put a poll? Why not embed a poll directly into the slide on slide nine and say, "Hey, I need you all to respond to this poll," or let's put a discussion point on slide nine and really, you know, talk through that and have everybody type their answers in and. All the while, the advantage of, of using slide tech for that is when you're doing that stuff, slide tech is collecting that information and will be able to surface that back to you to see which people are still engaged. So let's say like you put a poll back in and you only get four or five results on the poll, then that it's not just 
the fact that people are checking out, maybe they're, you know, checking out for a much deeper reason than simply distraction. And what are some of those reasons? Like, it's like lunchtime? Yeah, that's a good question. There are a lot of reasons that people disengage. Clear in a way, the most common one is distraction. And it's a very superficial disengagement where it's just your mind starts to wander, you think about something else, you get a notification, and you never intended to leave the content, but you did. Probably the most most common one. Uh, okay, so that's, that sounds like great news because that's easier to grapple with than it's lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. The thing that, the, the one that's really hard, and this is critical to understand the difference in your audience, is this doesn't resonate with me, right? Uh-huh. There's a difference between somebody being like, oh, I'm just distracted in a fleeting way. There's a huge difference between that and I don't believe this guy. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. This guy doesn't know There's what he's no talking way. about. <laughs> yeah, that is a much deeper thing. And a lot of the times that's the thing that you've really got to understand. Like, that's the real worry for trainers, right? You're up there doing your thing, and how many people are just distracted versus, I don't believe this. That's a really important ratio to know. And how do you figure that out? So Slide Tech, one of the ways that we do it at Slide Tech and with the product is we have multiple dimensions by which we're tracking engagement. So it's not just attention. It's not just... Were they with me? Did they click away? Are they on Gmail or Facebook or whatever? Yeah. It's also comprehension. It's also the questions that they ask, the things that they mark, the screenshots that they take. All of those things work together to create this more holistic picture of uh, what engagement actually is during a workshop. Very interesting. So in my mind, though, I'm like... Oh boy, that sounds like a lot to hunt through, especially if I had 30 people on the call and there's 50 slides. Like, how does one kind of ingest that and understand it? Yeah, great question. Great question. The post-presentation analytics dashboard is, I would say, automatically curated in in a way that makes it pretty usable and pretty digestible. Hmm. And we start with, the way it works is it's like a a pyramid. So if you imagine a pyramid, at the very top of the pyramid is, you know, the most important aggregate information. Okay. And then as you dive deeper, the pyramid gets wider and you can get more and more granular and specific. So if you wanted to see, you know, what prospect or customer or participant X did on slide three Uh you could do that that's at the very bottom of the pyramid okay and and the way it starts is when you open up the the dashboard you get you first get a high level view of what the overall attention was overall participation that kind of thing okay and then you can get more and more specific and build that story yourself in a way that's much more digestible it's like reading a newspaper you start with a headline and make your way down to the details. Okay, this sounds so much more valuable because I was imagining this mountain of work. Like, oh no, I'm going to have to look through every slide in every <laughs> one of my participants. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't have to do that. That's we nice. also have the ability, 
it's an additional um, service that, that we do, but we have the ability to export all of the data that we collect oh. and then visualize it ourselves. So we have um, a team of analysts here at, at Slide Tech that can look through some of those insights for you and surface those back and make recommendations. It's a little bit of a professional services type offer. I can just imagine, though, anyone who does the same presentation over and over, especially if it's like a high stakes presentation, looking for investors, sales, compliance training that's just like critical in nature, that would be really valuable. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. All of those situations, I would say, can be augmented by slide tech. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, super impressed, Samuel. Thanks for coming on today and teaching us about this. I feel like you're pushing the you're pushing what facilitating online has been like for the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. We want to change the game from having slide decks be these one-way billboards of information Mm -hmm. to a real interactive and measurable experience, which is only enhanced, not taken away from, now the fact that everybody's virtual. We actually are spinning that to to their advantage. Very cool. Um, Super impressed with your work, Samuel. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this, to go check out slidetech.io and see what it's about. Amazing experience there. Thanks, Tyler. It's awesome being on here. And I love what you're doing with the five-star approach. To plug you back, I I would love to uh, encourage everybody to also check that out. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're probably familiar with Tyler's work. Some big things happening in the L&D space, Tyler. I know it. Things are changing. Things are changing. Yep. It's not the fluffy, ethereal space that it used to be. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Think about it this way. Like, why should HR leaders be the last people to be empowered by data? Is it accelerating the human potential, everything that HR stands for? And, like, why would we not have data to try and help that and try and back that? It's, there's, data is so incredibly powerful and it's so important and everybody knows it. It's just a matter of figuring out how to get it to apply to you. And we're happy to help. HR, learning and development, people who have a really noble cause of empowering employees and empowering people to live their best lives and do their best work. I think that is worthy of the power of data. It's inspiring. I didn't think that I'd be sitting in a conversation talking about how data was inspiring like 10 or 12 years ago, but but yeah, it's fixing a lot of the problems that that HR and learning and development have, have suffered from for decades. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, think about it this way. Like when you go to your, your boss, say you're an L&D director, and you go to your boss and you say, hey, we need a little bit more budget for our training. We've all kind of been in that situation. Mm-hmm. And they say, mm, yeah, that's true, but I don't know if I want to pay a bunch of money to have somebody come and we all sit around and kumbaya for you know <laughs> half a day or two hours and you know one day and two hours the next day or a three-day workshop or something like that, and then we all feel good and go back to the way that things were. Right. I don't think anybody wants to do that. <laughs> like, the facilitator doesn't want to do that. The L&D director doesn't want to do that. Like, the CEO definitely doesn't want to do that. And if you can quantify the value of a training through engagement data, 
you're going to get more money uh, to do the trainings that you want to do and further the cause of human potential uh, in your organization, which is critical. Absolutely. Being able to show a report like, here's how this went, here's how many people were participating, and I, I hadn't realized until this moment how interesting it is, Samuel, how the two programs that we do can work together. Like, you're doing this on this very technical level during a facilitated event, and I do it offline. I say offline, but often happens in video chats. But just yeah. through these conversations, grabbing the data from each other, usually vocally, but th- yeah. it could be very complimentary. Oh, I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, very cool. Thanks again. Thanks for coming on today, Samuel. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and wishing you the very best, my man. You too. All right, take care. Thanks, everybody. I'm Tyler Small, and this is Hacking Emotional Intelligence. Thank you.